What up, what up, what up? You tuned in to the Jose Morales Podcast, where we talk sports, business, and everything in between. I'm your host, Jose Morales, and we're at my boxing academy. Joining me in the ring today is probably one of the most impact persons during my boxing career, for a lot of reasons. Uh, him and I started boxing literally at one day apart. Literally. One day apart. So we grew up together in boxing. And what we're, I, I was trying to think about earlier today, we're 14, 13, yeah. somewhere yeah. there? Yeah, let me give him your name. Oh, I didn't yeah. even say your name. My boy, <laughs> Stevie Super Rapatas, baby. And uh, when I say that, by the way, when I say that, it always reminds me of when we were kids and you loved Sab Judah. Loves that still to this day. Yeah. Why did you love Sab Judah so much? Man, I think it was just the culture that he brought. The mm -hmm. you know, a lot a lot of people don't remember. A lot of people Zab Judah was raw. Zab, Zab was raw, yeah, right? He was fucking good. But me and you know Zab when undefeated. Mm -hmm. I remember him we were I was talking about Zab before Mayweather, you know, mm -hmm. and it was like Zab was the whole movement at that weight class and, and you know, he was just popular. He was in you know, the rap videos, he was just the guy that you've seen, you know, because he actually rolled with the, uh, were those guys, BMF, all those guys. So it was just like, man, I'm attracted to him, you know, uh, yeah. the, it, and trained by his dad, Joel, and just boxing. I mean, he was a good Olympic boxer, but an alternate at that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's just, yeah. So, uh, yes, yeah, Stevie and I went, uh, started boxing together, grew up together. We went different routes for a little bit, separated. Um, one thing I, I'm going to go over our history, obviously, and then we're going to go into his story because he now has his boxing gym now, Midtown Fitness that you've been having it now for how long? How many years? Sure, I think a little over four years. A little bit over four yeah. years. A beautiful gym, by the way. I love the way it looks. I love the location. Thank you. The Thank location you. is dope. The where it's at. Uh, tell us a little bit about your gym, bro. Tell tell us what Midtown Fitness is like. What what's the vision for it? What's Tell us about Midtown Fitness. Man, uh, just trying to grow every single day mm -hmm. in business. And, and I think that's the crazy thing. A lot of people, they're like, oh, what do you do? And yeah. I, I don't know, but <laughs> I, like, I, I, I really know. don't. You know, I, I don't think there's a, of course there's a game plan, you know, mm -hmm. of course. But we're going to make 10 different game plans and one of them is going to succeed. Mm -hmm. Just like Kyle was saying earlier, if you're failing, you're really succeeding, mm. you know, and we probably look stupid. A lot of things we do, and we're like, oh, that wasn't too smart, but that's how you learn. It, we will, at the finished product, it's going to look okay. Like, mm. how'd that guy know that? Because I failed first. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, I'm just just learning, continuing to learn every single day in business, trying to get better, sharper, um, little details. Yeah. You know? How did Midtown Fitness come about? What made you want to do that? What made you want to have a gym? Tell me about that. Well, how I'll, was the process? Give us a process. Like, how did you, because it's different to open up a gym. Yeah. Right? And not just a gym, a business. It's difficult. What was that process like for you? What was that like? I think for the first time in my life, I hit a spot because I was signed by Don King, lived in Florida, came back. All of a sudden, my boxing career wasn't working. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what do I do with life? Yeah. And, um, Fortunately, I have good people around me. Yeah. I was able to meet a lot of good people who genuinely love me. Um, and they were like, well, let's help you get a gym. That's tight. And uh, I was kind of like, oh, yeah, right. You know, I'm, I just didn't envision it. I yeah. just didn't see myself doing it. I didn't mm -hmm. didn't know. But 
yeah, I would rather be doing nothing else. And uh, it kind of just fit place. I feel like me and you both grew up in a culture Mm -hmm. that obviously changed our life for the better. Um, But also we had so many good people that we met through boxing. Mm -hmm. And um, it was almost like it's meant to be. We have to give it back because we were in that system. We we know what this this uh helps with mm-hmm. i mean this this is a, a sport it's not a sport it's, it's changed lives yeah. and just like you said earlier i love the way you put it it's not a sport you can't play it yeah uh, you have to live it yeah it's a and lifestyle i think boxing will change everyone's life in any form of way professional amateur just spar once mm-hmm. or just train you're yep. gonna learn something about, about yourself, yourself. Yeah. about yourself <laughs> it is true it, that's it, how you know you've been in too long yeah it is it's about yourself you can't lie about it no. you can't say you learn, it keeps you honest, bro. Yeah. Like, you've been a lazy motherfucker, it shows you're a lazy motherfucker. And oh, yeah. you'll, you'll straight up bust yourself out like, damn, I haven't been running. I haven't been this. I haven't been that. That's what's tight about it. Yeah. I like that, man. Um, so Stevie and I started boxing one day apart. Uh, we had our very first fight together. Yeah. Not against each other, but the same day. Yeah. Uh, it was you, me, and Ross. Never forget that day. It was did a Mario Chico. fight that day? As Mario well? ended up not fighting. Remember, not fighting, there wasn't okay. there wasn't a guy, but we yeah. had our crew of uh, that we all boxed together. It was another guy, Mario Ayala. By the way, we give mad love to him. He was a pro boxer. Yeah. Um, he was that day. He was supposed to fight that day to his first fight, but he ended up not fighting. Uh, it was just Ross, which is in Vegas. Have you talked to Ross? I have not. I tell I, me. I talked to Ross like a year ago. Okay, and he was a uh, he's a, actually a trainer. In Vegas. <laughs> wow. And uh, he still boxes. Beautiful. Like pro amateur still? Uh, or? Uh, I think uh, when I talked to him, I think he was pro. Cool. Or uh, I think he was training for his pro fight or something along pro. But for me that I remember, I mean, in my when I was a kid, I remember Ross had the more like pure talent. Like Ross was oh. talented, bro. Easy. Huh. Easy. Like, out of all of us, he most, was the most talented yeah, motherfucker out by, of all of us. By, like by, just naturally. By far. The way he looked. Yeah. Athletic, he ran track, he played football. That motherfucker was just talented. Yeah. I think you and I had to work a little harder. We didn't have as much natural talent. We were talented, but Ross had the figure, everything. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? I, I think that? that's a beautiful thing about boxing, though. You could have all that, mm-hmm. but how bad do, do you, you want, want it? it? Exactly. I, I think that's with me and you. Mentally, you ain't beating us. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're going to kill us to walk out of here. Yeah. And that, I, I, bro, that's the thing I loved about you. In the gym, we would go to war, bro. Uh, every day. Hey, hey, <laughs> we would fuck each other up. Yeah. Even after we left separated gyms, we would meet each other. We, we would meet up with each other and spar. Because um, I remember we had our first fight, and then that's when I switched gyms. Yeah. And then you switched. Yeah. You went to Mateen's. Yeah. I was at the center, and then throughout that time, we would always just talk to each other as far as, like, what we were doing. Yeah. You know, yeah. And I, I would see you. You know, a couple, lo- you know, local fights. I've yeah. seen the gloves, couple, what you're doing. Yeah, it spar, was tight. You know? Yeah, it was tight. Yeah. I don't know. To me, what I, what I like about it is that is we were competitive. You could tell we were competing with each other, but it was love at the same time. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? It was like, it, that's my boy. It, yeah. And it, when you've been in the ring with somebody so many times, yeah. it's like, that's my dog. Yeah. You know what I mean? like, like, <laughs> yeah, we, we, you've had your good days. I've had mine, and mm-hmm. this is, bro, it, it is what it is. Yep. You know, that's yeah. that's the thing. Yeah, because we did definitely always beat the fuck out of each other, and it was always back and forth. Um, so, g- give us. I, I want to get people familiar with Stevie Rapatas. Who is Steven? Who are you? What do you are? Where you grew up? Tell us about you. How can people know 
you. Tell, tell me your story. Where were you born? Where were you raised? So I'm born, born and raised in Sacramento. Mm -hmm. uh, love Sac. You know, I'm here. Uh, grew up in the North area. Um, Gardenland, specifically, a lot of people know about it. Northgate, more, mm -hmm. you know, Northgate Boulevard over there. Um, always a local kid. Uh, started boxing at our local gym right there in Del Paso. Mm -hmm. um, I was a amateur boxer, you know, uh, back in the day and ended up being signed with Don King one day and uh, thought, you know, life was made. Got to learn a lot of a lot of stuff. I remember that. I remember when you got signed by Don King. I was like, what? Fucking my man. <laughs> I saw the picture in the video with you and Don King. Yeah. What was that like, bro? You were Don. You what? Tell us when you first met him. When you first met Don King, what was that like for you? Were you first met him um, in I, Vegas? It uh, was a I want to say an Abner Mares fight. Mm -hmm. He uh, flew me in and just got to meet him. And um, I got to hang out with uh, Bermaine Stavern. A lot of people maybe not yeah, know, but he was he was actually heavyweight, right? Contending to be fighting for the WBC. Um, yeah, I mean he, he lost a Wilder, but this was months before all that. Yeah, and uh, it was my first like, man, this is the life, you know. This is okay, you know. Nice hotel, just in watching the press conference. Got to be around Don King, which I thought was just you know awesome. Um, and man, I want to say Don was. 84 85 years old i mean dude was old you know and uh i thought life was made i thought life was made you know um and i a lot of people have a lot of bad things to say about don king i have not one not one always treated me respectfully of course i'm not making millions of dollars never did so i was not on that total scale of you know the tyson stuff and the ali stuff that you know he robbed you know but I can tell you this, from knowing him personally, from staying at his house, he took care of me in Florida, all the above, uh, good dude. Yeah. Well, well, how long were you in Florida? Just eight months. Just eight months. Yep. I actually- uh, What were you I, doing? You were training? Were first you got signed. Um, we went out there, uh, lived in like a fighter camp, trained with a guy named Stacy out there, who actually was uh, one of Tyson's former trainers. And uh, it was just the best sparring I was ever getting. I was meeting a lot of fighters, and it was it was awesome. Well, the problem was is I still got bills here in Sacramento. You know, I, I had a car bill, and King was giving us $800 a month, which would, you know, that's that's nothing. You know what I mean? Um, so it would just be like, man, I can't really do this anymore. So I came back, and. Uh, Why do you have bills here if you weren't here? Well, because I had a car here. You know, I, I didn't take it to Florida. Then you got a cell phone bill. And, you know, you just realize $800, you know, $800 goes yeah, quick. Shit, yeah, especially it's, living. Yeah, man. you know. But you're young. I'm 21, 22. So I was just trying to make it. You know, just trying to make it. And it's funny because it's like, yeah, here I am being signed. But I'm living in a, you know, bedroom and a house. Yeah, but that's, I think that that's one of the things people don't realize that boxers, really at the beginning, you don't make a lot of money. It, you're not making i mean it sounds good but you ain't making millions there's yeah. a small percentage that makes millions yeah. not every pro boxer is making millions and and i got to meet a lot of former fighters back there mm. in um florida like like shannon briggs used to hang out every day at the gym and it was like uh i think he does okay i'm not gonna you know but this guy who fought for a million dollars at one time you know millions of dollars at one time yeah but you learn that and the contract of it you know, a lot of people don't realize, yeah, you may be signed, but you have to fight out of being signed, like, mm -hmm. uh, to really make good money. And for you to do that, the chances are very tough. Uh, for You know, boxing, everything has to go right. Yeah. Everything. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's a good way to put it. Everything you know? has to go right. Yeah, and, you're right. Um, 
it, it just has to. And that's why I tell people it's not really a yes, obviously you have to be talented, but it's more staying consistent than anything. Um, and every day you feel like it's failing. Every day. Every day you're like, mm-hmm. man, should I keep doing this? Shouldn't I just go back and get a, a nine to five or shouldn't I? You know, this is this is what I need to start doing and and uh but you're young enough to or you know, accept the challenge and continue to grow and um Yeah. You know. But you never actually fought under Don Keen, huh? Man, I was supposed to fight know. on three different cards, bro. Uh-huh. Three different cards. I do remember that. What yeah. happened? Uh I think the first one was at the Gallon Center, ESPN. Uh the guy just failed his physical there. And I'm like, uh, so we're not fighting. Nah. And then I remember hanging out with Don. I actually ate dinner with Don King that night. And he was like, I'm going to put you on the remain uh, wilder card. You know, will you be ready? And I was like, well, of course. I'm ready right now. You know? Uh, that was a weird thing because I was matched up against a guy who was also signed with Don King. Mm. And my coach was a very integrity person. And he, he, was, he was pissed off. You know, and uh, we got in the room and talked with King, and we were like, "What's going on?" And he was just like, "You guys are fighting for your contract." You know, pretty much like, "Who's staying? Who's going?" And I'm like, "All right." This was a one and zero kid. I think his name was a uh, I couldn't even remember, maybe Dwayne Ziegler or something like that. Uh, an Ohio kid, Cincinnati, Ohio, and he had pictures with like Bronner and all the people, because you know I was doing my research and stuff. And I was like, "All right." This is typical. You know, Don King's from Ohio, Ohio fighter, and this is who I'm fighting. So he told me pretty much this is this is boxing. You got to step up. You know, my coach didn't like it. Either did I, of course, after waiting for so long. Um, so that was it pretty much. I ended up just going home. Supposed to show up at weigh-ins. I ended up just going home and never got a call again from Don King. Never got contacted, wrote emails, called. Never No calls back. And I think that's the definition of boxing is – you are replaceable. Mm. You are replaceable. Steve, John, Jim, there is 10 of you that will take that fight right now, no matter what. So who are you to think you can do anything? You mm. know what I mean? Until you make that name of yourself where you have that, yeah. then yeah. Actually, funny you brought replaceable. I was just talking to Ricky about this. And I had it on, actually on the recap. Uh, I talked about how everyone's replaceable yeah everyone and and it could be it could be husband wife job boss anybody is replaceable at any point and that again that's another point why i tell you boxing teaches everything about life because like how you said instantly they were like we'll replace we'll replace you it don't matter if you don't want to do it or not you're replaced same with life i mean shit everyone could get replaced at an instant so the moment you start thinking you're irreplaceable and you start thinking you're not replaceable and that you no one could take take your spot. No, you quit thinking like that because yeah. yeah, somebody would take that shit. Especially in boxing or sports, you know, it's mm-hmm. just you yeah, yeah, there's people waiting. So from there that's when you headed back. Came back. Uh yeah. And then I was like, Man, what am I gonna do with life? I knew nothing else but boxing at at a certain point, mm-hmm. you know, and, and uh luckily the foundation that we do have is uh, being around boxing. I mean, we should teach it. We should be around it. We should be around kids, helping them, and and uh, just, you know, it, it allows us to be the people that I think we are. Um, you know, it's not a nine-to-five, but it's more than a nine-to-five. It's it's a, 
but it's it's a it's a lifestyle that I love and I know I can do it forever. Yeah. You know. That's important. Yeah. For sure. And yeah. Damn. That's crazy. So you came back, got the gym, and now you have the gym for four years. Mm-hmm. Um, how was the whole COVID time for you? I know it affected everybody. You know, I know gyms, it had to be crazy. Yeah, especially where I'm at. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm connected to a a diner. Oh, you know? yeah, Rick's. So a lot of gyms were still doing their thing. I was not, you know. Uh, I was not, like, for for a good period of time. But then it came to a period of time, like, I got to keep my kids focused. I got to keep, you know, I got kids that dream of national championships. I got kids that that's all they think about every day. You know, like us as kids. And so mm. I had to put them on the, some type of track, like some type of focus. We, we got to stay consistent. We got to do what we have to do at the end of the day. No matter what goes on in life, you still got to, mm-hmm. you got to stick to something. Yep. So Monday we just opened up and it felt just, you know, weight off your shoulders. Like, okay, let's rock. And uh, I was actually, because me and you talked, I was like, man, should I cancel Jose? I got a lot going on. But then I was like, nah, you, if you really want to do something, you make it happen. Yeah. And it was the definition of that. It was like, nah, I, I got to make it happen. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, so you had some shit. How about you shit Well, just work today? picked up all of a sudden, you know? Because yeah, right, right now it's crazy busy, bro. Yeah. Well, I had clients. Hey, I'm ready to get back. When can I come? You know? Yeah. And usually I train on Saturdays. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, right, I got stuff to do. But hey, bro, thank you for nah, coming. Nah, nah. But that's, that's you know, uh, the definition, I think, of how we boxing-wise. like Yeah, mentality. Yeah, if you got something to do, you do it. Another thing I was telling Ricky today. I have, I have, I hear it all the time. More, the one excuse I cannot stand someone tells me why they couldn't come to the gym as kids is I didn't have a ride. My dad couldn't take me. My mom couldn't take me. I fucking hate that excuse. That's the lamest fucking excuse. Tell me something else, please. Don't tell me that. And because, and the reason why I brought it up is like Ricky, because I, I, I rode the bus to the fucking gym. Like that's how yeah, I got to the I gym. Remember, I yeah, remember. I'm like I that remember. was my fucking transportation, right? And no one picked me up. No one dropped me. And up. you were from like I was coming from the North area, like North Highlands area. Okay, yeah, area, yeah, area, yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, I was coming from over here. Yep. Um, and that that was my transportation. So when someone tells me I don't have a ride, that shit fucking drove me, drives me nuts because I made, I found a way, I made a way. And then Ricky was like, well, you got to remember not all kids have that same, same mentality or they don't have that same, they're not that resourceful where they can catch a bus. Do you look back at that and say, man, I was just so determined at that time? Like, yeah. How did I do that? Yeah. It, you know? That's exactly what it was. Yeah. I was determined, bro. That's how much I loved, I was obsessed with boxing. It was an obsession. It wasn't yeah. a love or like. I fucking was obsessed with it. I feel that now that's what very few people have. They'll find so many things to be the obstacle to not get through to the other side. Mm-hmm. And I, I, the way I explained it to Ricky today was these kids that tell me their parents couldn't bring them. If they really wanted to come, they would find a way. If I told them, be here at 9 a.m. and you'll get a fucking Xbox with a game, your ass would be here. I guarantee Early. you they would call everybody. They would fucking find a way here. They wouldn't be like, okay, Dad, can you take me? No, okay, it's it. I can't make it. They would keep asking. They would find a way because that's how bad they want the Xbox. Yeah. They don't have that same want, need for training. Mm-hmm. So they're not going to give a fuck about it. No. And uh, that's the mentality we have because we were brought up like that. Oh, well, yeah. You know, we never miss a day. No, I mean, not only that, if you're we on time, there. you're late. Yeah. We were... 
we were there hours the before we were and even we supposed to work there out. Hours after it was our life. Yeah, we you know? lived there. Yeah. That was our fucking life. That was everything. Yeah, but it shows. I mean, it paid off. We got we got a lot of places. And the one thing that I love about it so much is it's crazy how we all started together, and we all are still doing something with boxing, which is crazy. Because isn't that tight, man? I remember. I think we should talk about Angelo Nunez. Like mm-hmm. that, that's our first trainer. Mm-hmm. And we used to ask him, like, how good are all four of us? You remember? Yeah, I, I yeah, mean, yeah. like, you know. And he was like, you guys you guys are all right. You know? Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and probably looking back to this day, he's probably just telling that because if he told us we were good, we, we'd be like, oh, we, we did good. We're, yeah. we're done. Yeah. All four of us or whoever we did box with, like, that was a nasty crew. Mm. That no, was a nasty did. crew. We like, had a yeah, well, well, we had a squad, bro. Yeah. I like that, too. Yeah. Like, and uh we all did something bro yeah and still to this day yeah you know? that's what i'm saying we all did something yeah and uh, we're, I mean, we're talking 17 years later yeah you know, we've been in this sport longer than we've you know ha- half more than half our life yeah and uh but it's awesome you know yeah uh, and i'm sure you as well you see a lot of stuff that's like oh, man, you know like instagram to me has changed oh yeah boxing and not only that i feel like Fighters, just kids in general people, these days everybody social you know, media it's like you take yeah, a picture yeah. and you wrap some boxing gloves on, you're a boxer, but you never fought. Mm-hmm. You've been there, maybe you just signed up in boxing, which I respect it, don't get me wrong. But the morals of some stuff have, has mm-hmm. went away. Yeah. You know? Um, but you know, we, we did it at a different level. Yeah, and, it uh, is it is very different. Yeah. Hella different. What do you remember from the time we were at different gyms? Man, is there anything that you gyms? remember? You know, I don't know. You gotta, you gotta tell me. All right, I, one of my me. favorite memories to me personally, it was the very first fight I had, where you guys were there. Uh, you were, I think you were still with, yeah, because Mike was there, Fabian was there, and um, it was my, it was, I think it was the Silver Gloves, mm-hmm. and we both fought that day. Oh, wow, yeah, you remember? Yeah, you're talking us kids. We were kids. Yeah, yeah that was yeah. actually the first time we both fought without being together. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Without being on the same team. Um, and to me, that day was hella tight to me because I remember that I was at the center, and at the center where I was at, they fucking hated primetime, bro. Oh, they I, hated Angel. They hated. <laughs> they they hated. It sounds bad, but no, they hated. no. I think you know because I left in the teens mm-hmm. and. Uh, we kind of learned, don't get me wrong, I, I don't like to talk shit about another gym or, you know, Angelo's a good dude at the end of the day, mm. but a lot of people were saying like, you know, Primetown's not a real boxing gym, which, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it is, but it's not, you know, and like, we went to gyms that, now we fight every weekend now, mm-hmm. that that wasn't a thing at Primetown, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. we fight every weekend, we waking up at weight, and you could fight any given weekend, and mm-hmm. we did, Yep. you know. So what I was saying, <laughs> it's true. They was they was on my ass about that. So that day, um, you were fighting, and it was packed. Uh, 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 everybody from primetime was there. It was packed. Uh, I, I lost bad, by the way. I remember yeah, that. Um, yeah. It was just a whole bunch of people, though. Yeah. And it made me so happy to see you guys yeah. because I hadn't seen you guys in hella long. And 
I saw you guys, and then Angelo, I mean, uh, Robert was like giving me shit. He was like, Why are you talking to them? Why did I? I'm like, Bro, that's my fan, bro. Like, bro, I just, you know what I mean? I'm like, what do you want me to do? Fucking not talk to him? Like, bro, that's my people. <laughs> that's how it is, yeah. Yeah, that's my people's, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and when I fought, and everyone, you guys were all cheering me on and shit, and just showing me how to love. I don't know why, but that's one of the most special moments for me. I lost that fight, actually. I lost. We both did. Yeah, I lost that day. Uh, and I honestly, uh, I don't know. It, it, how many losses are that special to people? And I think one of the reasons why it was that special is because of that incident. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think, shit, I had 68 amateur fights, lost mm. 11 total. Yeah. And that was one of them. But I remember that guy's name to this day, James Deal, and he had like 68 fights to my one at that time. And I don't even know why how that ha- allowed or... It was a tournament. It was a tournament, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, because I, I fought a dude with hella fights that day. Yeah, and I think that's what it was. We just, mm-hmm. not that we didn't want to win. We just, we didn't have the experience. You know what's crazy? What too. I remember about that fight, I'm going to share the story about the fight. I fought a dude that was already the, uh, who had won the silver gloves twice the year before. Yeah. And I fought him that day, and he was, at, that was his gym. And when the very first round, this was the first time I fought somebody at the time that kept switching stance but if it was orthodox and it was southpaw orthodox that shit fucked with me i had never seen that before that at that, that time yeah i'm like what the fuck is this guy doing <laughs> so i came back to the corner robert fucking chewed me out because he beat me in the first round robert was like bro he was like you need to jab this fucker you need to quit looking at his feet and you just start jabbing him and i was like okay i started feeling myself second round i actually gave him a standing eight count yeah i, I won the second round third round I honestly feel like I was beating the fuck out of him because he was in between ropes. This fool almost fell out of the ropes. Like, I was teeing off on him. and But they wouldn't give him... The, the ref stopped the fight. And the ref... Uh, I thought they stopped it because they were going to give him an, an eight count. Yeah. Fool stopped it and just pushed us away. And they, they said it's because he was stuck on the ropes. I'm like, bro, I was teeing off on this fool. So they didn't count it as an eight count or nothing. The fight was over. Uh, the fool was hella bleeding. I remember I had all his blood on my uniform. I, I gave it to him. And I lost. And uh, and when I lost, I was like, whatever, it's cool. I didn't I didn't let it get to me too much. Uh, but hella people came up to me. You know what you know, yeah. people come up to yeah. you and tell you you did good, blah, 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 and they thought you won, whatever. But what really made it special to me is the fact that you guys were all there. I got to talk to you guys. I got to see you guys. To me, that shit was hella dope to me. I just always, I always thought that it was tight that we would we can be so competitive in the ring with each other, but on the outside, we can be hella like, that's my dog. Yeah. Even, without even seeing each other. No, no. Because we honestly don't see each other that often. Nah, nah, yeah. 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 I, I mean, don't even remember the last time I saw you. Shit. I think San Francisco, you had a couple kids fighting. Oh, yeah. That was the last time I yeah, saw you. Yeah. Yeah, that was. And mm-hmm. by the way, that kid you had fighting that day was tight, bro. He Thank hit you. hard. Thank you. A little Thank kid. You. Eight, oh, is he still fighting? Eight years old. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that little yeah. kid. When I saw him, I was like, okay. I saw him hit his mitts. I was like, all right. And the kid he fought had looked like. Hometown kid. Yeah. Yeah. It looked like he was, I was, had better technique. I'm like, and I told, I was with David. I'm like, I told David, I'm like, damn, I kind of want to watch that. That looks like it's going to be a good match. And your kid knocked him out, right? TKO or something like that. Uh, dropped him or stopped dropped him? him like three times. Yeah. Uh, yes. I remember yeah. something about dropping him. Mm-hmm. A little kid had power, bro. I Your mean, he, yeah, he has power, but you know, I don't know. I feel like that's another social media thing, right? Like, I remember when when we used to fight, and you see a kid doing like the Floyd Mayweather mitts, right? But then gets in the ring, and they're just 
it's it's not working. Yeah. You know? Coaching is everything. The way you do mid work, you know, the, there there's a science to it. And it's mm. like uh, I love that that uh a lot of people do things in boxing to attract for the yeah. camera. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't work. You know, and uh yeah, I mean I I feel like as a coach now, the things that we know, the coaches that I got to be with, mm-hmm. whoever we touch or whoever we do teach, they're going to be good yeah, because yeah. we've been in it. I mean, yeah. think about it. We actually trained with people that didn't know that, that much shit about it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a, a lot about a kid is if a kid really is good and they have the talent to be good, hopefully they see the right coach. You yeah. know, Because there's a lot of coaches that I get it. They wanted the coach. But do they really have the mindset? Do they really have the – the tools that it takes to grow that kid i agree i agree because you i think to be a fighter and to be a successful boxer you need a lot more than just a a great boxer the dude has to have a good coach has to have yeah. a good everything you know what i mean it's more than just a fighter so many things have to happen right like you said earlier yeah you know, everything has to be yeah. right and, we, and, and that's like the number one thing i have to start with is your coach yeah and then it just has and then you just have a whole Team, bunch of battles that you're gonna have managers promoters yeah. and everything how did um now that we're kind of talking about that? How did um, Don King come in the picture? Like, how did that come out of, about with you? How did how did that come about? I just lost. I think it was a 2012 uh, trials uh, to uh, Jesse Magdaleno, and it was time to turn pro. I was over the amateur stuff. I was, you know, I'm mentally done. I want to turn pro. Uh, and luckily, uh, my coach Taj at the time, Taj Fields in Marysville, rest in peace, um, had a connection and he said, I'm going to put together a highlight video of you and we're going to, we're going to see if they're interested in you. Cool. Um, that's when they checked out the video two weeks later, got a phone call. Hey, you're going to Vegas, uh, sparred uh, a couple kids said they were interested. Cool. You know, I'm I'm down for whatever. Took a while to get that contract back. Like what they were gonna send. We had the Dana or Dana Jameson is actually the president of Don King. She like handles all the stuff. King, King's just the face, but a, a girl named Dana, a girl of all people, right? And like in boxing, which I felt like was just like oh, interesting. It's different, right? Yeah. And Dana is like a powerful woman. I mean, this girl is involved with the uh, you know all the belts like WBC, IBF, like she's in all the meetings and stuff. Very powerful woman in boxing. And uh, finally got signed and got to meet her and got to talk to her, email her and everything was good to go from there. But it was because of Taj, you know, and cause I know he had signed, didn't he have somebody else sign a Don King? There, there was another fighter named George. Um, but th- he was, he was decorated. Like that kid was, uh, like when we talk about like remember Oscar Valdez mm-hmm. and and uh, God the heavyweight guy right now that beat uh, Joshua oh Ruiz uh, Ruiz uh, George was on that team that Mexico Olympic team you know like George was a way more amateur standout than I was like George was and uh, we got to spar each other too. oh so he was with Ruiz and and Valdez he was on that he was he knew all those guys like I remember seeing uh, Valdez on I want like remember and he was from Marysville. No, he was from Mexico, but I think mm. he lives in L.A. now. But um, How did he end up training with Taj? No clue. Oh. No clue. That's a good question. I would like to ask that if he was still around. I'd like oh, to ask okay, that. Okay, yeah. okay, I get it. Yeah. So that's how uh, Yeah. that makes sense. So he ended up training with him, got him. and Yeah, I mean, I, at the end of the day, I, I was a solid 
amateur. You no, know what I mean? Solid, you know. Uh, but I didn't have the 10 national titles, the 12 national titles. Yeah, when you're on an Olympic team, that's... Yeah, that's, yeah. You know, that's, that speaks for itself. Like for sure, on yeah. Olympic team, like, that shit's hella hard to do. Yeah, I mean, I, I was doing nationals, but losing. You know, I think I won one. And that was the pals, and then you know, got to go to the national golden gloves and stuff like that. But there's some kids that are just you know, ten, twelve national champions that start eight, nine, ten years old, and it's just like wow. You know, they are to already have that mindset that young, and I feel like now we see that. Now I can train if I grab a kid like my eight year old now. Yeah, that's what we're gonna do, because now I know the steps, but. Mm. That's why I say if you're an eight-year-old and you don't have a coach that has that same vision or doesn't know that vision or how to get there, you're kind of a fish running out of water. Yeah. You know? That's true. <laughs> that is true, right? You fuck around and get the wrong coach, put you in the wrong situations. Yeah. And then you're wasting your years. But I feel like that's the beautiful thing about boxing. As, as many lives as it takes, it also saves, right? Yeah. You know? And not every person is meant to box. Not every person is meant to compete. But hopefully it did something for that kid in that moment of his mm -hmm. life to change him a certain direction away you know yeah that's true but yeah probably did oh saved yeah saved a lot of people i mean yeah might as well he, he probably could have done something bigger but he saved his life from wherever he was going to be anyways yeah so yeah. that's a good way to look at it um what i was thinking about what to name this episode I was like, what the fuck should I name this episode with Stevie? What would you name this episode if you could give it any name? It's a good question. I don't know. I, I was literally thinking about this last night. Like, man, what the fuck are me and Jose going to talk about <laughs> that that would seem like, man, these guys keep talking about people we have no clue about. Yeah. You know? Because, I mean, we have, we, we've, we've been around each other for a long time, but it's like all of our stories are going to include people that people are going to be like, huh? This, this makes no sense. These guys are just talking. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I don't know. That's a good question. I was going to name it Gym Wars. Oh, for sure. I was going to name yeah. it that. Yeah. Gym Wars, yeah. I mean, you know. Because, uh, uh, you know, Mike Ortega, yeah. uh, he, he used to always tell me, too. He was like, man, I love watching you and Stevie fucking spar. You guys would beat the fuck out of each other. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's like, he's, remember that time? Uh, he was like, hey, I remember that time we went, he went to Mateen's. He wasn't even training. He went just to watch a spar. Uh, I think actually, yeah. I have the picture in the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah he was like, <laughs> "I'm gonna put it on the podcast." He that day, he actually just went to go watch a spar because that's how much he enjoyed watching the <laughs> spar. He told me, "Yeah, uh, mad love to see uh, to uh, Mike." To by Mike, the way, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's in close to you. Oh, he's an ESAC. He's an ESAC. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but another guy that we grew up with. You mm -hmm. know, he was a little older, but also still involved. And in, I'm know, telling you, bro, prime time. Yes, they they um the things they say about how it was, but I think they had the right vision of what they wanted to do. They had they just were having a hard time grooming amateurs when they were trying to get the fitness game going. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So for they sure. kind of faded away from boxing more into a commercialized way you know what i'm saying and you can't be mad at that like doing exactly this, doing this now mm -hmm. yeah you got to make money yeah you know and boxing training fighters like Doesn't we go money. back to you know 20 minutes ago there's not a lot of bo there's not a lot of money in boxing like yeah. people think there is yeah there's no money no at all it's a love you do it for free you know you get the fuck beat out of you for fun yeah. Andy, honestly yeah. um but yeah what i was saying is yes and this goes back clearly to what you're saying. As many people as this 
kills and saves. But look at the impact they made on so many people in a positive way. Because honestly, they had a squad of people that all turned out. There's only a couple that kind of fell off the wagon. Yeah. But, but for the the ones they had, all ended up. Fabian has his gym. Yep. Mike has his gym. Yep. You have your gym. Mario fought pro. Yep. Ross is in Vegas. Still doing. I'm it. here. We all still doing something yeah. along the lines with with it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Well, that's that's has to say something of the kind of uh, seeds they planted in our heads. Oh yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Th- that's why I say. And that's know, one thing I give credit on Angelo. He did always talk to us in a certain way. You know, his conversations were dope. We still both use like I say, if if you're not early or you're not on time, you're late, you know, all that little things or Angelo was awesome because he, he made us grow up as men. Like, yeah. I didn't know about, I, I didn't have a father. Like I, yeah. I had a father, but not, right. you know, like, uh, he just made us grow up. You know, if we broke something, Oh, you fix it right then and there. Mm. What do you mean? I can't box today. No, nah, you, you broke a board in the gym. Who cares? It's a board. No, you're fixing it. Like, yeah. and you're painting it, clean up after everything you do, you know, all mm. that little things, uh yeah that's one thing angela was like yeah I, I i remember i'm gonna share this story my car had a camaro and my alternator went out mm-hmm. it was actually outside here i was uh outside this gym 2006 i think it was and uh this when i was working here and i was 16 years old and alternator went out i don't know what the fuck to do i didn't have a father figure either i didn't have shit i don't know what the fuck to do with a car going my broke ass car he started helping with it. He's like, oh, this car needs an alternator. I'm like, okay, so what do I do? I call a mechanic, tell him to change it. He's like, no. He's like, you're going to change that <laughs> shit. What you mean? I'm like, me? The fuck? I don't even know what an alternator <laughs> is. What do you mean? <laughs> the fuck yeah. am I going to change that shit? He's like, yeah. We went to AutoZone, picked up the part. He paid for it, by the way. He bought me the alternator, and I thought he was about to change it for me. Yeah. I thought he, God, this is what I thought because I didn't know what the fuck I was going to do. And popped the hood. Carrie was sitting in the car. He comes up to me, and he's like, "All right, Jose, you're gonna disconnect this. You're gonna do this. You're gonna do this. Do this, and let me do it." He led me step by step on how to do it. And that moment, my life stuck with me, because I'm like, this guy, that's just a boxing trainer, literally just showed me how to change an alternator. He taught me something. Yeah. And it's and it made such an impact in my life, and I think that's when right there in my life I learned how to be a teacher. I swear, because right there I realized he didn't tell me how to do it. He showed me, and then he made me do it. He didn't just say, "Oh, you need to go to AutoZone and get an auto alternator." I I, I could have easily just been like, "Okay, call somebody, go get it, pay somebody to do it." Yeah. I he literally popped it, pointed step by step. And he didn't do it. He told me what to do. Yeah. And as I got older and now as a as a coach, I do that. Yeah. Even when I teach somebody how to wrap their hands, I don't wrap their hands for them ever. Oh, even, really? Even on their first day. I should do the same. I'm, <laughs> I'm dead serious, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When someone is uh, new and they learn how to wrap their hands, I notice that people, trainers, will – do it for them. Okay, yep. so you can do it once around the wrist, da, 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 whatever you did, you, you're teaching them, and you're doing it for them as you're telling them. I don't do that shit. I grab, there's two wraps. I said, this is your wrap, this is my wrap, and I'm going to show you, and you follow along. 
And then I do it, they follow along, and then I take the rap off when they're done, and I give them the rap, now you do your second hand. And if you have questions, you ask me, because I'm right here to ask now. But I'm not going to be doing it for you. And that right there is similar to the alternator story. Yeah, for sure. And that's what I mean, that that's the day I realized and learned from Angelo how to become a good teacher. Teacher. I was a teacher. I was. I, I actually got taught how to be a teacher that day. I'm actually gonna steal that from you now. So no, hey, bro, do it. I like sharing <laughs> knowledge, bro. But it's real, bro. It, it, it's so much bigger that way. No, I. You know, I think that's the beautiful thing about teaching. Sometimes is like some people are gonna understand it. Like, ah, oh, my coach didn't even wrap my hands. He's lazy. Yeah. Right. He's not helping me. But no, I'm making you do it so you understand it and yeah. you will be able to do it by yourself the next time you have to do exactly. it. Exactly. Instead of needing me there, exactly. and you're, you're you're a lost puppy without me, yep. you know. But it's hard sometimes. It is. Some people aren't gonna see that. I and then I think if you communicate it and the way you communicate yeah. it, one of the biggest things, and I have a hard time doing this. I mean, I have a, I'm really good at doing it, but I have a hard time doing it with a lot of people because I'd be hella busy and I don't have time to talk to a hella people. But one of the biggest parts that will help you with that is you communicate to them. On why you're doing it. Yeah. So, for example, I'm not going to be like, I'm not helping you with the reps. You got to figure that shit on your own. That can crush a kid and be like, damn, my trainer's a dick. Like, he doesn't like me. He's making me rap my own shit. Or you tell him that, see how he acts, and then when you see that he's heartbroken and he's like all down, you pull him aside, not in front of people, take him to the back room, outside, whatever the fuck you want to do with him, and you tell him, do you know why I'm doing that to you? Do you know why? And they're going to be like... They'll tell you, oh, you don't like me. I don't know. Whatever they're feeling, they'll tell you. Yeah. I'm like, no. And that's when you explain to them. And when you communicate to them like that, they appreciate it. And once they appreciate it, they respect you and then they love you. And that's something they will never take away. For sure. Absolutely. Ever. Absolutely. Now that now you're not the same coach that earlier fucking hated him. Yeah. And I was like, damn, I get it. He fucking loves me. Yeah. He actually does love me. He was doing this for my for my own good. Yeah. And people are selfish. Once they know that you're doing it for them, they're like, oh, fuck, I, I fucking like this guy now because yeah. this guy's doing it for me. Selfish motherfucking people. But it's true. People like people like when you do things for them. And that's the way. And when you explain it to them in that way and they understand it, that's when the love and everything starts falling into place. But in it, anyways, I just feel like I just babbered off. <laughs> no, no. Uh, good, man. It's good. It's good. Uh, I'm going to start asking you random questions. You please, down? Please do. Please do. Um, before I do that, though, I want you to tell me if you can recommend any tips or not recommend, but give anybody any tips or anything to have a successful business or to have, you know what, not successful business. Let's do this. Someone that gave their life to something and that something did not work out like you did with your boxing career mm -hmm. and then it ended up planning out. How did you manage to make that transition from a boxing fighter, from a fighter to a business now, to a boxing trainer and a coach and a mentor? How, how, what would you tell somebody at that, at, that, at that road right now? They're like, damn, this didn't work out. What do I do? What, and they're talking to Stevie right now. What is Stevie going to tell them? Man, I think it goes back to what we were talking about earlier. Um, failures, and I know it's hard to tell that person who's failing right now. Mm -hmm. Like, it's actually you're gonna succeed at the end of the you know at the end of the day. But you can't tell nobody that when they're failing. It's like, yeah, yeah I, don't, I ain't trying to hear that. 
You know, yeah. I'm like, nah. I, man, I think I just had to, I knew I wasn't average person. You know, I knew I wasn't an average person. And I think mm-hmm. everyone feels that way in life, which you're not average. You're going to be really good at fucking something. Mm-hmm. And it just, you got to find that something. And if you keep failing, you're going to find that something that you're not going to fail at anymore. But I think the most important thing is, is everyone rushes into something, right? Let's say boxing, for instance, right? Put a pair of gloves on, take a picture, put it on the Instagram. They're a boxer today, right? They got an identity of a boxer now. But really, they should have waited six months because took that picture. And then everyone would have looked at that picture like, man, that person knows what they're doing. Other than mm-hmm. like a lot of people might look at that person like, oh, man. You know, if he took it after one day, like uh, he's, he doesn't really know what he's doing. So I think the principle in a lot of things is like calmer, slower, but more deliberate at the end of the day and um not everything is is a sprint like and i hate to use the the term if it's a marathon but it really is you know it really is yeah it is it's true um by the way for the for the record when i was growing up we were not allowed to have phones and take pictures in the gym we weren't even allowed to bring it out of the bag or anything no no pictures no nothing that's why i'm horrible i don't have no pictures that are shit like that i don't have that many i feel yeah no uh if we lived in today's era that's why i always look at it and i'm I'm, maybe just call me old now you know but i look at these kids and you know i'm trying to i'm doing the same thing you're doing we're we're trying to guide kids and so many of them have an identity that has to live through Instagram and Facebook mm-hmm. and these things. It just makes them, that's who they are, right? They post that picture like, like me today, right? They yeah. they they have to find some type of... How many followers they have and stuff like yeah, that. You yeah, know, and the, it, I hear all my kids talking about it every day. Mm-hmm. Oh, you, you don't follow me back or you don't, you don't yeah. follow me or I don't follow that guy. It's just like, it's very odd, but... Different era. Yeah, it, super. And I don't understand it. Yeah. I don't know if it's for the best, but I don't understand it. Yeah. You know? Uh, back to random questions. What's your favorite restaurant in SAC or in this area? Oh, good question. Um, don't think too hard. First question that comes in your mind, you just drop it. We'll play, I mean, first place that comes in your mind, you just drop it. I got you know. to be honest. I'm there all the time. Tres Hermas, right by Tres the gym. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, I'm just there. It's consistent to me. I'm right by the gym. Where do you get there? Where's your plate? Oh, man, two enchiladas. Asada enchiladas. Huh? Yeah. That's a dish, huh? Yeah. I need to go try it out. <laughs> uh, tell me something or about Let's it. go. You When you're down there, I'm All taking right. you. <laughs> All right, bro. Let's you do said it. it. I'm down. All right. Tell me something about Stevie. Not that many people know. Tell me, share something. Good question. Uh, Man. I'm a simple dude. You know, I'm, I'm a simple dude. Uh, I think that's in life right now at 30. I'm both like instead of running trying to find yourself, I think that's what probably we're both doing right now. What mm-hmm. what is most important? I mean, I say you got a family, man, beautiful family by the way. Mm, thank you, man. I, I love watching your family on through Instagram and like through Facebook and and the stuff you do, man. I I think that's a uh, it's really awesome to see that out of you. Yeah. Really thank is. Thank you, bro. And I was actually thinking last night too um like to ask Jose, the 13, 14, 15-year-old Jose when I knew him. And now I'm hearing your podcast of, of what you were dealing with growing up, mm-hmm. you know, being a dreamer, being all this stuff. And, and um, like, not a lot of people know I'm, I'm really close to a lot of people in Colombia. You know, I go yeah, very, I was, yeah. yeah, it's funny you brought that up. I was about to ask you about Colombia. And, and, I, and I go very often. Mm-hmm. And um, hopefully one day, like, I know I have kids to support, you know, not support here, but be here for. But I do want to go try to live there for at least 
you know, two years and just just do it. Um, but what about Columbia like so much? Man, uh, I think it it allows you to love what you do have here. It makes you appreciate it more. But also America's full of shit, too. Yeah. You know, like we put in our mind, like, I mean, I can cuss and stuff like that, right? Yeah, uh, you can say whatever the fuck you want. I cuss Everybody thinks about <laughs> co- right? So I just said Columbia. So first thing comes to mind is cocaine. Yeah. Right, Pablo. Right? Oh, I mean, girls. obviously. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Don't let my wife know. <laughs> uh, for sure. For sure. And, and, and people should go to witness that. Hey, but I'm honest, bro. I tell people straight up. I don't hide shit, and I'm straight up blunt to buy everything. So that's what comes to my mind. There's women and you know what? And then cocaine. Uh, but to have a successful <laughs> relationship, it takes that. You yeah, know what I mean? Does. And uh, so yeah. So uh, first thing that comes to mind for people is that and cocaine, Pablo Escobar. Oh yeah. my God, what the fuck are you doing there? Right? Mm-hmm. And my first time there, I'm thinking like, man, I, I I didn't stay at a hotel. I stayed at Airbnb. And I'm looking around this Airbnb, and I'm thinking, man, this thing's really nice. <laughs> like, like this is not Columbia, right? You know? And uh, I was just caught off guard by, yeah, it looks ghetto. It does. It looks ghetto. But it's not. It's just they're way more into art. They're way more in the artistic view. Um, you know, Bob Marley's like a huge culture there, which you never really, I didn't know. You know, but it's the whole... I mean, I don't want to use like reggaeton, but like the reggae, the like it's a huge mo- uh, music culture there, and like mm-hmm. half of Colombia is black. Yeah, yeah, you know, a lot, a lot of people don't realize that. Yeah, a lot of black people. Yeah. yeah. Um, so me learning more and more about the culture, I've like fallen in love with it. Um, I've got some good friends there, and my wife I'll, loves Colombia, by the way. Does she? Yeah, loves Colombia. We we had a conversation once. I'm like, if you could be from any country in the world or go visit any country in the world. She always says Columbia. I feel that. I think she I'm, loves Columbia. I'm on the same. The and same she loves page. Shakira too. Shakira's Columbia. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And she's like respected mm-hmm. over there. You know, like yeah. she's like Queen B. You know, so what part of you go to Medellin? No, I'm mostly in Bogota. You I know, mostly Bogota. go to Bogota. Um, I've been to Medellin. Uh, been, I've been to a lot of different cities. You know, Cali. Uh, you have a soccer team out there yet? You know, I haven't. That's the one thing I have not oh, done. Yeah. Is I was about to ask yeah. you because I'm gonna tell you one thing. When you go to and you're in Latin countries. Uh, I was there for the World Cup, though. When you're in Latin countries and you are from anywhere in a Latin country, your hood, wherever you're from, has a soccer team. Yeah. It's automatic, bro. Yeah. And and you know everything about the person as soon as they tell you the soccer team. Like, oh, my soccer team is this. And then you start to, like, okay, have all these fucking, uh, what are they called? Uh, When you you, you you start assuming someone's a certain way, I fucking went blank. Anyways, but you got to get a soccer team, bro. Out of, out of I, I do, I Deportivo do. Deportivo Cali or, or America or something out there. Yeah, I think it's sad that I haven't even been to a game yet. Yeah, bro, but Colombia's got good soccer uh, teams. It's too, all bro. over. It's all over, and it's it's. There's no excuse why I shouldn't be there. But um, there's so many things to do there, though. Like mm-hmm. so many different things. So what do you do in Colombia? Man, I mostly hang out with my friends, obviously, right? But I love going. Kind of weird, but I love going to places I'm not supposed to be. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like it's it's like you're if if yeah. I'm a white guy and I'm gonna go to Santa Ola, right? Yeah. I, I'm gonna go. I want to see what this is really about, right? Yeah. So in Colombia, I've been like to Cali, and I went to a place that uh, is Buenaventura, right? Is a port, one of the biggest ports in the world that no one really knows about because it's ran by the cartel. So this is a city now. There's police there, like maybe just a couple years ago, but when I first went there. There's no police. There's no army. There's no nothing. If something happens, 
uh, something happens, you know, what happened yeah. to the guy, I don't know. Um, but it also, too, made me kind of appreciate Columbia because it's like, okay, yeah, you can go to Bogota. Things are normal, right? Things are normal. Like, just like here. I'm not going to say just like here, because, but they're normal. Yeah. Functioning police, functioning banks, all the above. You go to Buenaventura, all of a sudden you're seeing kids walk around that you know are not okay. Like, I've seen, like, just kids with, like, bones on their legs. Like, I don't know what was eating their leg, but, man, it's sad, right? And then you have literally people living under tents and, and under nothing. Or their house is, we're talking no air, no AC, no heat, no, there's nothing, right? Cars, same thing. I mean, dude, we're driving a car, and you're just happy to have a car, and I don't even know how this thing's running, but it's running. And uh, But it also, I mean, you meet, the coolest people in the world that have nothing but they feel like they got everything bro like you're yeah. laughing with them they have you know we're gonna go to this restaurant this this place this place and i'm like man this that's, place that's what i realized about my fam too yeah. hey, about that like when poor people the people that are got nothing they're mm-hmm. poor they ain't got nothing i'm like how the fuck are you guys so happy like i see my family i'm not saying my family but like people like in mexico like my this um they got they having the time of their life and they're like, don't have nothing. Yeah. No car, no nothing. They're eating the same food they've been eating for the past month. And they're happy as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> they're happy as fuck. I'm like, damn. And it, at the end of the day, it's, it's kind of sad because it's like, I, we're blessed here, right? We get yeah. to go. I mean, we could go to Tahoe today. Yeah. San Francisco anywhere. the next day. And not even think about it, right? Gas, nothing, money. $80 changes someone's month out there. Mm-hmm. You know, like, oh, you gave me what? You know, or... So I always I always do that stuff when I'm there, like for one of my friends. Like I'll make sure their fridge is completely fat, full of food. Like, yeah. like I will always bring boxing equipment back over there or just because they don't have the same uh it's not as easy to go get, yeah. right? But they, they see what we have and they want it. Mm-hmm. And I Do you feel like we get blinded by things on TV that make us want shit? Absolutely. That's right? why yeah, that that's why like when I said America's full of shit, because like like I said, the only things I knew about Columbia were all bad. Mm-hmm. And then I went and I was like, okay, Bogota's normal. Yeah. Any, any, anyone can And I live think here. they do that on purpose. I mean, it sounds bad, but I believe so too. Because yeah. uh, when I talk to my family in Mexico and stuff like that, like I said, they're poor and everything and they're happy as fuck. <laughs> but they say the same thing. They're like, they, they put that U.S. is on a pedestal like it's perfect. And then U.S. puts everybody else like, it's horrible. Like Mexico, you getting motherfuckers killed left yeah. and right. Yeah, that shit does happen. Yeah, but Same it's stuff. not like every day. Every like they Same don't just go here. around chopping everyone's head off just cause. Like, oh, let me chop your head off. Let me chop your head off. It's not like that. No, nah. you know what I'm saying. But they make it seem that way. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So it, yeah, I get it, man. It's it's a sad. I don't want to get political because I start going off. No, nah, but uh, people but, think I'm a conspiracy theorist. No, but but <laughs> but back to where because you know growing up with you at 13, 14, 15, like now I'm hearing your podcast, now I'm listening and and to social media. Lo- luckily, right? Mm. I'm thinking like, man, Jose was going through a lot of shit in his mind mentally. Yeah. Like, no wonder why you were pissed off. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Like, like bro, like you were pissed off. Like yeah. the things I'm mad about, you know, growing not growing up with a dad and you know. Love my mama if she hears it. I mean, you know, yeah. welfare, the whole shit. Like, it sucks to grow up that way. But yeah. you, it's like times 10 on top of that, yeah. you know? And uh, it, it's funny you bring that up. I mean, it's funny to think of it now because I people that know me from at that age. Yeah. But uh, I, I didn't know. 
I didn't share it with nobody. You know no, what I'm saying? But, yeah. but we shared it in a different way. Mm-hmm. But but I think now we know how to express ourselves. Yeah. Now you understood why I was mad. But then it was like, what's wrong with this I just this want to fight, bro. Yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. I know because people now, if they see me, I'm happy all the time now. Yeah. I'm always talking and happy. And people are like, why are you so happy all the time? Like, have you ever been mad? But I'm like, bro. I've been past that point in my life. Like, I've been an angry Jose. I've been a Jose that wanted to fight everybody. I've been in a Jose that gets mad over stupid shit. That never got me anywhere. Like, I'm over that. I'm over that. I've been angry. I already I already experienced that. That's yeah. why, like, now I'm going to get political. Fuck it. Now. Let's when, go. Let's <laughs> go. Round one. <laughs> now, when people are, like, so angry about, like, oh, you're voting for Trump or you're voting for Biden and there's all this tensions between people and they're like oh jose why don't you get mad why aren't you all into it i'm beyond that yeah i, I already fought people over stupid shit like that i already fought people over calling me a wetback i already fought people over stupid shit and it gets you nowhere fighting somebody nah. it gets you nowhere being angry and full of hate i think yeah most importantly you fought yourself too yes right. it doesn't get you nowhere and i think a lot of people that are experiences in this right now in the u.s for the first time is exactly that they're experiencing it for their first time yeah they're experiencing this for the first time and they don't know how to deal with it they feel like you need to be angry and if you don't stand up for this you don't stand up for uh pedophiles or you don't stand up for against pedophiles you don't stand up against racism you don't stand up against this because you don't you don't talk up about it but really you are fight following a system that they're putting in place regardless if you vote for this person or that person. That's what they want you to do. They want you to be angry that way. They want us to be segregated that way. Yeah. You need to see the big picture. The big picture is we shouldn't be angry at each other. While, and, and that's why I'm thankful for that because I already experienced an angry portion of my life that people that have known me for a long time seen it before. I'm over being angry. I'm over fighting people. I'm over all that. I'm happy motherfucker now. Oh, for yeah. sure. For <laughs> sure. And, and you can see it. Yeah, I don't need that. But look, I mean, but look how much stuff you had to go through. And luckily you had boxing. Yeah. As like, I, you know, I guess like the anchor, right? But if you didn't, you would you would just be like all Everybody the other is. statistics. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yep. Amen, bro. And, Amen. And that's why, bro, I love seeing your family i love seeing like what you have today mm-hmm. and it's like uh you know just like you're talking about how robert used to be like you know don't talk to other gyms yeah it's like bro i could never be like yeah what you mean fuck jose morales boxing academy it's, yeah it's midtown you know yeah yeah because exactly. i know you were around a lot of the same people i was around like mm-hmm. one of my coaches that i grew up absolutely loves you mateen yeah right mateen is like raised me as a man mm-hmm. you know loves you yeah and uh, he always says, like, man, Jose is just a special dude. Yeah. And he's right. Yeah, I, lo- you know? I love Mateen. An- another reason, a lot of people hate Mateen. Everybody. Yeah. Everybody. Dislike yeah. him. And I've had people always tell me, don't fuck with Mateen. Stay Mateen, away. And the way I judge people is how someone treats me. Same. I'm like, I don't know whatever you got to say about him. Whatever y'all did, that's y'all problem. Yep. But Mateen to me has always been solid. Always been solid to me. Yeah. He never done something shady to me. Yeah. And he's always been respectful. Same thing with his son Yusuf. They've always showed hella mad love to me. Mad love. And one thing, I'm going to say it on here. One thing that I will never forget Mateen did for me. When I was 20 years old and I was, I actually ended up training with him. 
I yeah. ended up going to my teens, and I was 20 years old, and I was working at the smog shop at the time, and I was trying to get extra money because I was struggling, um, and I had people that I had uh, trained before, and he was like, yo, why don't you train them here? Get some extra cash. I was like, really? He's like, yeah, just train them here. I'm like, all right. I'm like, well, how much are you going to charge me for rent? Like, how's that going to work? He said, nothing, man. Yeah. He said, here's the key. He gave me the key to the gym. He said, do your thing. And for like three months, bro, he let me train people. And not once, not once did he ask me for a dollar, nickel, nothing. Yeah. No, I mean. I w- and, and, and things like that. It was like, bro, how can I not like this dude? What did he ever do to me? Nothing. So yeah. that's why for me, Mateen, bro, as much as he loves me, I feel the same way for him, bro. Yeah. I have my mad, mad love for my team. Nah, I'm lucky to have him, you know. Yeah. And me and him have been through a lot. A lot mm-hmm. of ups, a lot of downs, a lot of ups, a lot of downs. But at the end of the day, that will be one man that when he is not here, I will miss dearly. Just yeah. our conversations. It's like, I don't want that time to ever happen. Mm-hmm. But it's like, uh, that person just, you know, I've done so much in life with. Yep. And uh, he's turned me into... I feel like the person, a lot of the person I am today is because of things he did. Yep. You know. Um, Very true, bro. All right, man, that was a lot of good stuff right there. Um, there's anything you want to add to this before we end it? Uh, you want to say? I, you know, I was just, because we kind of got off on Columbia, but I think at the end of the day of Columbia, I think that's probably why your wife is like, I'm Colombian. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, me too. I, I told her I ain't got no problem with a Colombian female. Nah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I'm like, um, they probably won't either. But uh, <laughs> when you go there, if you go there to anybody, is I think that's the most beautiful thing over there is their people that yeah. hold on to their culture. Culture. That's I, don't don't get me get political. Yeah, again, yeah. Don't okay, get political yeah. again. But it's true. Yeah. We they're they're making us erase our our culture here. They're making us forget about who we are. Well, I think too for a lot of people who haven't left America. You realize we don't have culture here. No, bro. You know? No. So I mean, I've been to other countries now after Columbia, before Columbia, and Columbia is still my favorite but because yeah. the people. Yeah. Like the people are going to let you know. Man, I'm jealous because I can't travel. What? Yeah, bro. I can't but, travel. Okay. I'm in Puerto Rico. And, and let me tell you something. There's this song by a Mexican song, Los Tigres del Norte, and it talks about how it talks about being undocumented and Mexican. And it talks about. How, yeah, you live in a great country, you have all these things, he's all, but no matter how much money you make in America, no matter how much, how great it is, the cage, the 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 golden, the golden cage could be made out of gold, but it's still a cage. And those that don't know what that means is we are stuck here. So, yes, we may be making money here. We may be doing everything great here which I'm thankful for. I'm not saying I'm not thankful for that because I am. Yeah. But I can't leave. I can't see my family in Mexico. I can't travel. I can't go anywhere. I got to be in the U.S. Like I said, where I was uh, seven years ago was a lot worse because le- seven years ago, I didn't even have a license. Now, every co- every time I even looked at a fucking cop car, yeah, I remember, get my car I impounded. Remember, uh, you know what I mean? Watching that, that podcast yeah, with, so, with the police officer. So before, it was a lot worse. I'm thankful that it's not like that no yeah. more. But I'm still in a cage. Yeah, the cage is made out of gold and it's a beautiful cage, but it's still a cage. So can I ask, just I personally want to know, I'm sure a lot of people listen to the podcast, what 
is the next two years? Are you going to be allowed to? Is it going to be something you can future do? That's the thing that sucks, bro. There's no certainty. If I get a dick president, he could revoke that, and I go back to seven years ago with Jose with no license, no nothing. Or it could be worse. I get a bitch-ass president, and I get deported, and I lose everything. I lose my business. I lose my my home that I buy. I lose everything, and I get dropped off at TJ. Figured it out, which I, I don't mind. I'll get. I figure that bitch out. That's the way I am. But there's no certainty. There's no. Yeah. There's no. In in two years you're gonna be fine. In five years you're gonna be fine. There there is no. There the real answer to that question is is I don't know. I don't know. Which is whatever. That's hard to live with though. Hell yeah. You know, like me being what a lot of people are gonna say, right? White boy handed everything. Mm-hmm. Blah blah blah. But they don't. I mean. It's just you're going through a whole bunch of, like, yeah. that. I think that's the hardest thing, though, is not only is that patience, obviously, but it's not in your control. It's not in your, it's, it's no control, bro. Zero yeah. control. It's not fair. Yeah. There's nothing that is, like, I can literally be like, oh, yeah, I want to do this because of this. Like, it's not up to me, bro. Yeah. People got to vote on it. People got to do this. And, be, and then they got to. It's politics on a human's life. Politics on a human's life. I always tell people all the time, I feel like dogs and cats have more rights than I do in the U.S. Let's be real, uh, though, and let's uh, just... Let's they, just will, they, will, they will take him to the vet. They will take my ass to the vet. Man. They'll take my ass to TJ, bro. So, yeah, like, I'm, I'm going to take it a little step further because, okay, I'm a white guy, right? Grew up. I, I, I'm not going to say in the hood, but I'm going to say in the neighborhood. You know what <laughs> I mean? I'm going to say in the neighborhood. Like, I'm not... I didn't grow up in... I'm going to say Roseville, right? Where there's not even all that. I mean, it's nice here, right? But no, nah, I grew up. So me being a white guy, going to dominantly Mexican, black schools, all the above. I mean, bro, all my friends are all Mexican, Salvadorian, black. Mm-hmm. And people, like what's going on in the world right now? Do white people have more opportunity? Fuck yeah. Right, just by looking at it, right? Mm-hmm. I have a gym probably because I was able to build relationships with certain people, but it was so easy. Easy. I'm not going to say it's so easy because it's not, but so easier mm-hmm. than if my name was Jose Morales and I'm from, you know, yeah. this and that. It has to be. Yeah. Has to be. And um, that's why, like, man, it, it's awesome what you're doing. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you, bro. You it know? means a lot coming from you. Yeah. Thank you, bro. You know, and, and, I'm not putting anything like myself, like, oh, you were giving her. Because I wasn't. Mm-hmm. But I know for sure it was easier than what you had to go through. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, today, I was going to ask, and I had to ask it. I don't know if you've talked about it because I haven't heard it. Why did you change point in time? Like, why were you like, okay, I'm Jose Morales now. Like, mm-hmm. what was the whole, the real definition behind that? The real, like. Yeah. I talked about it. But the way it came about is uh, when it was prime time, it never felt like mine. Even though it was mine, 100% mine, it had nothing to do with them no more, nothing. It was mine. It never felt like mine. Never. Hmm. It didn't feel like mine. Yeah. No matter what I moved, no matter what I painted, no matter what I did, it didn't feel like mine. And now the gym still looks the same as when it was prime time. I mean, obviously I moved shit and painted shit, but it's still the same place. But when I put my name on it, you have no idea how much it changed. I'll bet. Completely. That was the best decision 
I made this far as a business owner is putting my name on it. I was happy to see it. Yeah. Like, you know, like, I mean, we all know the name, mm-hmm. but I was like, yeah. You know, because yeah. you didn't, not that, I'm not going to say you didn't grow up in that culture, but like that primetime culture, because mm-hmm. you, you didn't. You got more fights with other gyms, mm-hmm. with other, you know, and it's like, yeah, primetime was, uh, as I, I guess, real boxing. It's mm-hmm. got a bad name. You know, yeah. As far as the real, you know, and that's mm-hmm. what I, you know, you're more into now. Yeah. But yeah, that's how, that's how, that's what made me change it. And it made me be my vision, what I want to do and how I want to change and impact people's lives. I'm not focused on commercializing or fitness and growing. Not that is wrong, but I'm that, that's not like my main focus. It's no. not like I need to uh, franchise my business. If I don't franchise it, that's not my focus. Yeah. And I feel like another thing too, I don't know if I said this in the podcast in the past, but I would go to fights and people would right away connect me with Angelo and Carey. And there were people that did not like them. And right away, suddenly, I lost my, all my fighters lost that day. <laughs> huh. As weird as that sounds. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I was like, the fuck? Yeah. This has nothing to do with them. And you, you know what I'm saying? Just like you were talking about earlier, you know, like I, I treat people how, how this person treats me. Yeah. Right. But that's the word we live in today. Oh, I don't like him, so I don't like you. Yep. You know? And I just, it's just. And I think that's a, like an old school type of way to think. I think back in the day, a lot of motherfuckers thought But like I think that. today we have more and more and more of that Coming because along. social media. Yeah. You know, it's like. Hate. Hate. Yeah. Like, why'd you like his picture? Like, yeah. That's you know, true. You why know what I mean? You follow him. Yeah. You like, follow him? Yeah. yeah you I, know? You're right. You're right. It, it just, does. it's a weird era. It's a it weird is. era. You know? Uh, do you ever, like, you got two kids. Uh-huh. Is it scary? In what way? Like this fucking world that like I'm not saying it's crazy because it's not alright we're gonna go through ten times things more worse than this mm-hmm. further down the road but like as a man that you're a father right so we're taking this now personally right because it's like uh, yeah kids go through shit but if it's my kid it, it means something mm-hmm. like what do you be a father like my question to you Jose is like you got two kids now as a father what's like the principle that you gotta do to make sure like you know what my kids are gonna be alright I'm going to make them get the grip of life. I'm going to make them realize how lucky they are. But at the same time, shit's real. Yeah. The thing for me that I try to do is just talk to them a lot. I do dates with them. I try to be yeah, with them dope. a lot. Dope. You know what I mean? Uh, I think one thing that people, I, I had another conversation recently about that too. Is like, is the world really scarier now? Or has it always been this scary from the past or now? And and I think that scares people in having more kids or do they want to have kids. And honestly, I, I I just do the best as I can do to lead by example, show them, talk to them. I can't really ever protect them forever on uh, uh, everything. And I think that's a problem that us as parents or as adults have on bringing kids to this world or having kids and worrying about this because we're like I'm not going to be there to protect them uh, forever and, and and it creates this fear and fear is is based off stress of something like stress that something's worrying you creates is a fear fear you worrying about something creates stress and that's what makes you not want to you know what I mean do whatever it is that you're doing 
And I don't try not to think of that shit. I try yeah. not to think of bad shit. I just know that I'm going to lead by example, do good things, show them that I'm a good person, show them what you need to do. I try to create a lot of traditions with my kids, a lot of traditions. What I mean by traditions is, like you said earlier, we don't have no tradition here. So I do traditions that I made up. One is you're going to have a date with your mom every week and a date with your dad every week. And when you have kids, you better have a date with each one of your kids. Oh, yeah. And each one of your parents. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and things like that, values, I pray with them every night. And then I just talk to them about what's right, what's wrong, and, and about being a good person and being happy. And I feel like if you teach your kids that, you don't have to worry about, are they going to turn out good? You, told, you showed them what good is. Yeah. And you showed them what, what to make right and good, good and right decisions. Now, the things that you can't handle, like, oh, people kidnapping my kids or people <laughs> killing my kids or, you know, that's things that people worry about. That's a worry that it will happen to anybody at any time. And it sounds kind of fucked up, but the sooner you can realize that we are all going to die at one point, and it's true. We're yeah. all going to die at one point. Don't let that. The sooner you realize that and accept that, you got to realize and understand and accept it. And, yes, we're all going to go out different ways. Some could be a very foul way. Some could be very slow, painful way, quick way, nice way, whatever way. But all ways is the same way. We're all going to be dead at one point. And as long as you realize that and accept it, it's okay, man. I mean, the best you can do is just enjoy time. And I'm 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 happy. Look, I talked to my wife about having more kids. She don't want to, not because the world's crazy, but because she doesn't like the whole process. Because the last one was really bad. The second, my second baby. But I don't mind having a big family, and I don't mind. I, it's just it's a thing that I would hate to, like I said, I didn't have no kids, and not have kids because I was scared that this could happen to my kid For or sure. this could happen. I'm like, yeah, because of all these things happening, you didn't never experience a first birthday. You never experienced a hug and kiss from your daughter or son. You never experienced this just because of this fear. Again, what does that sound like? That sounds like I didn't open a business ever because, oh, I could have failed. I never sparred because, oh, I could have got my ass kicked. <laughs> I never, you know what I mean? This sounds the same. I mean, especially in boxing, it's like, if you go to a bar, go watch a boxing fight. Yeah, everyone there has boxed more than you. Yeah, everyone's everyone's yeah. an expert. <laughs> no, but it's true though. That's it's the so way true. I see it with yeah. parents, with parenting and all that. I'm like, I can sit here and think about all the bad things that can happen my my kids, but I'm sitting here and I'm focusing on all the good things that's I'm happening that's happening with them and that is happening with us together as a four. Yeah. So I look at it that way. I don't I don't look at it as as. Oh, the bad shit that could happen. Because there's a gang of bad shit that could happen. Oh, for sure. But I, I love the way you're doing it, man. I think mm -hmm. it's just a real genuine and uh, the principles that, that you're showing. You yeah. know, just just loving your woman, too, is yeah. awesome. And you that's know? that's something that's a work in progress every day, bro. For sure. Some days she fucking hates me. I hate her. Next day I love her. She <laughs> loves me. And it goes back and forth. It, you can't and live with them, you know, without them. <laughs> and then as you know, being around women in, a, in, in what we do yeah. is even harder. It is. Because now, yeah. Uh, yeah, I could sit here and talk about that for a whole nother hour. Because yeah. now you're talking to all these women and her self-esteem and confidence has to be there just as much. Otherwise, now she's fucking, you already know, it, it's just one thing after another. It can it's, go on and on, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, that's how I felt coming today. I was like, man, 
what the fuck are me and Jose going to talk about? You well, know we talked about a lot of shit. <laughs> we talked a lot about a shit. And yeah. it was good conversations. For sure, for sure. Uh, how can for people sure. stay in touch with super, 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 super. rapatas? How can we stay um, in touch with you, baby? I'm on Instagram. I got a gym Instagram, Midtown Fitness. And mm-hmm. then um, my personal is S-U-P-A. Then my last name, Rapatas, R-A-P-A-D-A-S. And then so Super Rapatas. Um, on uh, Facebook, I'm, on, I'm just Rapatas Rapatas. You know, mm-hmm. I like being... The last name, but uh, yeah, that's tight. Yeah, um, I like it. Yeah. Um, one thing I'm gonna say before we end this, before I end it, do you remember when we would switch r- shoes? You were bu- one of my shoes, and I wore one of your shoes, like a man blue. Do you remember that? It, you just brought it back, but you're you're absolutely right. Do yeah. You remember that? Yeah. So we did that, and then uh, I ended up doing it with, and my soccer team also. <sighs> With my, uh, it was the dude I was playing with. We were both um, in the midfield, and we ended up doing it. But I was like, I'm gonna bring that up to CVC remembers. I'm gonna bring up some other like you were Rico Suave, bro. <laughs> like in the gym. <laughs> nah, you were, you were. Like seriously, Jose would walk in with like a hat a certain way. Next week, everybody would be wearing a hat the same way. <laughs> and then like, I think with even wraps, you had like a black wrap, a yellow wrap. Yeah. And everyone, everyone would do that again. Yeah. And I was it was a like you made it. You probably did it just because his raps weren't washed and stunk yeah. hella bad. <laughs> but then it, it became a trend, like, that looks cool. Yeah. You know? I and, do uh, that. I mean, bro, you were Rico Suave with everything. I mean. uh, <laughs> thank you for the love, bro. Yeah. Hey, and it made me so happy to have you here talking to you about cool, this cool. shit. You know, this has probably got to be one of the spe- most special podcasts I've done. Cool, for man. For real, bro. Same, and, same. And mad love. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for taking time out of your day. I know you have stuff to do. So thank you for coming through. Uh, again, everybody, if you have not checked out his gym, Midtown Fitness in uh, Midtown, uh, Super Rapatas is over there. Much love. Thank you guys for listening, and we out. Mm-hmm.